0: Stores, stuff. to dress it up and go to Nassau. Two hundred miles on the dash, got about a pound a gas, put some names in the And welcome to the uh, second Summer Series episode of Instant Office Podcast. I'm James Holis, a.k.a. Snotty Dripping, a.k.a. BillboardBreakdown.com's Clown Prince. Um, We already covered the Southwest Division uh, with Tim Cato last time. Uh, Today, we're going to go back to to the Eastern Conference and we're going to cover the Southeast. And I got my man, Big Waz, straight out of Queens, uh, True Hoops on. How you doing, my brother?
1: i'm good man thanks for having me snot i'm
0: really i'm um, happy to be here man i look forward to this no man hey I, I, thank you for taking the time man we almost had our first snafu i think we had a little technical difficulty today, so everybody's gonna have that little pause in the beginning of the show that's because my music didn't kick off automatically but we got it going now <sighs> so um <laughs> yeah man uh we're gonna just hop right into it because i know hey, time is money we both got things to do today but um Oh Yeah, this summer's been crazy so far. We covered the Southwest last time. So we, we mean you're going to hit the East Coast and we're, we're going to cover the Southeast. Um And we both talked about this before, and, you know, I think we agree. <clears throat> the Heat are the highlight of this, this episode uh, because, I mean, I'm looking at their roster now. They got a lot of roster churn. Uh, they just gave Tyler Johnson 50 mil. Uh, they just made uh, Hassan Whiteside a rich man. Brought in some some new faces. A Waiters Island moved over to Miami. But the face that's missing is is Dwayne Wade. Uh, After 13 years, over 20,000 points, uh, three rings. Uh, Him and Riley just couldn't see, you know, they couldn't get together. Talk to me a little bit about that dynamic, man. We saw how close they were uh, when Riley brought Shaq in. And, you know, Riley stood beside him through his injuries through the, you know, the Uh, mid-2000s. He brought him help. He, he he helped him transition through the LeBron phase, and now this happened, man. What are your thoughts on how that how that shook out?
1: Um, you know, it's all a little it's all not even a little. It's all really interesting to me to to watch it all unfold because of the nature of our league and the pay structure, right? So a guy like right. D Wade, you know, a lot of the narrative you hear going into the summer and even last summer was like D Wade's never been the highest paid player on the Heat. D. Wade took a pay cut to um to, to let the big three form back in twenty ten. Uh D. Wade uh took another um took another haircut when they were trying to get LeBron to come back um in two thousand and fourteen. And that was and that was about, you know, and that was a huge part of the narrative. And 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 I'm not gonna lie, at first I thought the narrative was a bit I don't know, skewed because to me in two thousand in two thousand ten when D wade signed for like I think it was like hundred and sixteen mil, I forget the exact number of what it was for the six year contract. It's like, yeah, he left about three million over the course of a six year six year deal on the table. Like to act like this guy got underpaid is a bit much. But now, you know, when I sit th- and think about it, because we have a max contract. Because, you know, a guy like when you are a superstar at the very highest um, level of the league, it's impossible for you to be paid what your actual value is when it comes to exactly. what you're bringing to the franchise and tickets and merch and TV. Um, um, and not to mention your presence being the sole reason why a guy like LeBron James and another guy like Chris Bosch would even want to come. It's almost impossible for them to compensate and fairly for what he's contributed to the franchise. So, you know, I kind of understand why D-Wade would look at these guys and say, I understand that winning is first and foremost, but I've, I've brought a lot to this franchise, to this company, this organization, this program. And I can understand why he would feel entitled to be paid, you know, a sort of a back pay, a remediation, if you will, for what he's done for them throughout the course of his tenure in Miami. You know, at the same time, I can understand why a guy like Pat Riley would say, you should trust us and trust that we would take care of you eventually. Right. No doubt. The number one goal should always be to be at the highest level of the league, bringing the best talent possible. You know, the money, because, you know, this is a heat for situation and, uh, you know, this idea that this is a family-oriented situation, we go to each other's weddings and we go to each right. uh, you know, I would go to uh, Udonis Hazel's mom's funeral, as Pat Riley would say. Um, I could see why he would say, you know, kick it, kick, it, kick kick, the can down the road and we'll take care of you eventually. But, you know, I, I, I can't lie, I kind of started, With D Wade and those people who who are familiar with my stance on these things, I tend to be pro player in these situations because, generally speaking, you know they're the ones getting taken advantage of of most of the time. So I tend to be pro D Wade here, and it's like, man, if Chicago is willing to pay me this much, you should be willing to pay me at least that much.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. to watch a
1: guy like like tyler johnson and 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 the white side get paid and and not
0: feel that way sorry to cut you off no no that's that's it uh, you hit the nail on the head because i think m- almost more than the money is the fact that when free agency kicked off it was about hassan whiteside then it was about uh it was about kd you know and they were holding him off to you know, a wage on the back burner and they they lowballed him first it was, it was like you said it was, it was kind of respecting he's he's been mr miami for so long and you know they kept talking heat lifer and and from but like you said from riley's side of it it's it's business and he he can't they're not in a lake situation where they have nothing to play for and they can just say hey man here we open up the, the vaults for you wayne wade because you know the money's all yours they're trying to stay competitive so it, it's a tough situation man on on both sides i, I i'm with you though i think riley handled this kind of they probably could have went to wade in a different way you know say hey man listen we're going to try to get your money let us work this out now and and under the under the table, wink, wink. Hey, two years from now, we're gonna you know we're gonna bust it open for you. But right now, we're just trying to we want to keep a winner around you. So it's it's tough, man. It's it's tough for both sides. My my thing was that first offer was like ten mil, you know. And that's that's kind of yeah. it's, it's about respect. It's about respect, and they didn't really respect it, man. Um, I brought up, hey we brought up we talked about white Side. Uh, twenty seven years old. Uh, was out of the league like you know a year and a half ago, two years ago. Less than one hundred fifty total games under his belt. Um, and they just handed the guy almost a hundred million dollars, four years, ninety-eight mil. There was actually issues. I mean, I remember, I remember reading stories. Chris Bosh, Wade, they all had quotes about kind of his maturity. They said it the nice way, but basically, you know, about his focus and maturity. And now he's cashed out. They took a leap of faith. Miami took a real leap of faith. I didn't want the Celtics. I'm a Celtics guy. I didn't want them to even look at Hassan Whiteside. I can get why teams love the the shot blocking, the rebounding. Even a little scoring and finishing, I get it. But with the the issues and the age and, you know, there's a reason it took so long for them to get there. What are your thoughts on that, man? Did they bet on the wrong horse? Was this a good investment?
1: Um, You see, from the perspective of other teams, as far as especially somebody like the Celtics, I could understand the hesitancy in bringing a guy like Hassan Whiteside in. But for Miami, I think the way they look at it is like, this guy has bounced around the league. He's bounced around overseas. And they were the first ones, the only ones, really, to unlock his potential. And so I can understand why they see this as, you know, somebody that they've invested in, they've developed, and they don't want to see him go. Right. You know. but at the same time, it, it his, his track record kind of speaks for itself. This is a guy who, you know, was hard to get in line when he was making lead minimum. Now that he's got a hundred million dollars plus banked, you know it, it. Who knows what supposed gonna be able to get through to this guy? If you couldn't get through to him when he was making minimum, and you know the potential for exactly. all this money was out there, but you know, I, I think the the likely it's more likely than not that Whiteside actually lives up to this deal, meaning that he he's going to be you know. A plus offensive player. Okay. Um, that's gonna. I think he'll be a plus offensive player throughout the life of this deal. And I think you know, and it's and, and you know, at twenty seven years old, you can kind of go a little overboard still talking about potential. But obviously, the potential is there for him to be a dominant defensive player. I don't know if he's True. ever going to have the smarts down. You know, a lot of times, and I think it was Stan Van Gundy who said this. He was like you know, there are no elite players who aren't really smart, right? Like you get a guy like Dwight Howard and, and people used to take his defensive dominance a bit for granted, but in order for him to be that dominant, he has to be thinking the game on a level that's far above an average player. As far as right. his, his breaking down what an offense is trying to do where he needs to be, when he needs to be there. Um, I don't know that right side can quite get to that level, but I think he can definitely make improvements, um, you know, because there were times in the Charlotte series where he he he, he got it, right? Where I was like, man, right. like you can see why this guy's important. He's so huge. He's actually mobile. He can get up. You know, he has the quick hops where he can get up, jump on a dime. You know, you can see uh, 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 an absolutely dominant player trying to, you know, crawl out of there. Um, but there were other times where it's like, three, four plays in a row where he just made the boneheaded decision on that end. So, you know, right. he's going to be a plus offensive player because I think he's, he, he's he's a dominant player in the pick and roll and what they call, you know, the, the vertical spacing. Like, he's an alley-oop threat, you know, as soon as he, you know, rolls to the basket, um, but I think on the defense is where he has to prove himself a bit more. And I don't know, you know, your guess is as good as mine as to whether he'll reach that. But I think for the most part, he's going to live up to his contract because he's he's an above average starting NBA defensive period full stop. There's See what, ways what what. About what...
0: It what worries me like you said man the physical tools are there the man can get up he's long he's, he's pretty he's athletic just the mental man and and like you know when some i, I remember i reading some of the some of the things that chris bosh and wade said it's basically was just he's not very mature you know he's he, he needs to he needs to you know he's where i was so i get it but he's i mean he already had a turn overseas he's back now so for Miami's sake, I hope you're right. You know, but I like I said, I don't want my team with yeah, I, I think a lot of teams said the same. They won't want the team to, to touch him. I know LA wanted him, I know Portland wanted him. I'm glad, I'm glad that you know we weren't in the running in Boston. Um, and speaking of the big men in Miami, Chris Bosch, one of the best big men in the game. Uh right. I think he got underrated. He got underrated playing with LeBron and Wade. And I, you know, he showed a little bit before he got, you know, the, the blood class started. The man can do almost everything. Uh, he'll give you 20, right. almost 10 block shots, pick and roll, defend, pick and roll hit the, he can hit threes now, but, uh, with the, you know, from what I'm hearing, he wants to play the team, not gonna let him play. And they they got his safety in mind moving forward. What, what do you know about this? situation? What, what's your thoughts on this situation? I'm not saying what, you know, I don't think anybody knows, but Bosch and the team, but what have you heard in, and, and what, what's your take on that, man? Like as, as, Pat Riley wants to win, but you got to put safety first, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've actually talked about this um, uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's it's tough in the sense that – because I was a little put off when people were patting Miami on the back for not playing the guy. I'm like, look, okay. it's not even a salary, Captain. If the guy dies, right, playing right. With, this, with this issue – the amount of blowback that the heat would get for, and it's not and it's not to say that they don't care about chris Bosch, but at the end of the day they have to and you know this might come off as cynical but they have to think about what the repercussions would be like the the cost benefit of this is just you know i understand where they're coming from but at the same time if it, a guy you know who has a reputation for being as smart as measured you know he's not. And Chris Bosch is the, is the opposite of the dumb jock, um right. stereotype. He's a guy who's known for his thoughtfulness, for his um his curiosity. The guy is a smart dude. Um, he's got children and a wife. I think if he thought that there was a chance that he would die out there, I don't think that he'd be willing to, you know, go on this journey with them. But you know, I, at the same time, with liability issues being what they are. And we can't forget that if the Heat don't play this guy, uh, his his contract comes off the book.
0: Right. You so know, I mean, and we got to think know. about we got to think about this, man. It's like I I'm with you because Bosch to me has always been one of the smarter players. He he comes off very self aware. You you nailed it. But just if there's a five percent chance of him collapsing on right. that court and dying, or, or him after a game and then on ESPN's report the next morning, Chris Bosch didn't wake up this morning with complications just imagine the optics and and i know it's that's like you said it's kind of it sounds kind of cold hard to say about optics and publicity but that would be right. crushing for miami you know so you, yeah. yeah it's if he does play let's let's say he does play how much better does he make them does he make them legit challenges in the east chris bosch Hassan white side uh the young boys I mean, just decent
1: the challenges to get out the first round right <laughs> like, i don't I don't think there are challenges in any way, shape or form to Miami. And I didn't buy that they were challenges last year. Um, you know, and my man Amin, shout out to him, Amin Al Hassan, the ESPN's own. You know, he was on the Heat Island from early. He thought they would they could give Cleveland a nice run for their money. I never really bought that. Um, and and, and that was with, you know, Wade and everybody and, and, and Luel Dang still in the fold. Granted, um, I think we'll see improvements from from pretty much all of the young guys, whether it be uh, Josh Richardson, uh, Tyler Johnson, Justice yes, Winslow. I think those guys across the board, you're gonna see improvements from. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how the roster sort of figures itself out. I know Spo is a, is a wizard with figuring out what kind of lineups and what his rotation is gonna be. But it, the the roster just seems kind of uh, mismatched, right? They don't have a yeah. a real. They, they, the shooting is still a problem, just like it was last yep. season. And although, and you know what, I will say this: last season, I was one of those people that thought that the the Z Wave usage numbers were a bit too much for me, especially in crunch time. I thought I thought they were just wasting Dragic and making him a spot up shooter. You know? Yes. And. Part of it was that D-Wade already had a chemistry with Whiteside, but I don't think Jaric was, was ever allowed to develop a chemistry with Whiteside. He had it automatically with bosch Their, yep. their pick-and-roll chemistry was, was there from the gate, but him and Whiteside never quite worked it out. And I think because of that, both felt more comfortable. Um, one, it's hard to tell a guy like D-Wade, a legend, uh, you know, an all-time great, like, well, we're gonna make you take it. it's one thing to say you're taking a backseat for LeBron James. It's another thing. Goran Dragic is gonna be the main take ball the handler right Yeah. I, I can understand why D Wade, but you know, I think Goran, his, his talents were kinda underutilized last season. I think this season that's gonna step up a bit. But right now, if you look at it, their best shooter is probably Josh Richardson.
0: Man. I'm, I'm looking at the roster know, he, right. I'm looking at the roster right now, and yeah, it's Josh Richardson. Goran Goron can stroke it a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, we saw Dion. But if he's got the ball in his hands,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, Dion Dion has showed size. You know, um, he's had some hot streaks in the past, but is he a reliable? Very, streaky. Tyler, exactly. Very streaky. Yeah. Tyler Johnson isn't exactly. You know, uh, Reggie Miller. So you know, I'm not sure where the shoe is going to come from. You know, I think, yeah. they'll, I think they'll defend quite well. They're going to defend well. I think Spoh's going to get these guys to defend pretty well, especially with Richardson and Winslow. I love those two, man. I love yeah. them on the wings. I love Winslow's ability to, to, to guard forward from one to four. I love those two dudes. They're tenacity on defense. Even Tyler Johnson gets after it on defense a bit. Dion showed in the playoffs when when motivated – He'll get after it as well. So I think they could do some things. And, and and Dion is a guy who happens to be playing for his life, actually. He's playing for his next deal.
0: So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It's a, it, You know, that'll be an intriguing situation. But this, I don't know. This looks like another 43, 42 win team to me. What are you thinking and about that, this? That, Yeah,
0: that was my next question, man, because I, I'm looking at it. And I always, like, last year I thought they'd fall off, especially without Bosch. You said it. I hate to agree like this. I want to give us some compelling radio and get into a beef with you about something. Right, <laughs> but Spo, Spo is a wizard, man. Spo makes he makes it happen. Like the fact that he reconfigured his whole style halfway through the season and, and made them up tempo and it worked. Right. That says a lot. Cause it's tough to change mid I just don't. Right. This might be the tipping point because I mean, yeah, the East is the East is coming up. Uh they lost Dwayne Wade, you know, 19, 5 and 5 almost, whatever. And so I just all right. Let's say I right, let's say five hundred. Is five hundred enough to get him in the playoffs? I don't think so. And then you're saying 43, yeah. 44 wins. So what do you think? You think that it's still gonna be in this year? Seventh A C
1: Yeah, I think they'll be right with Charlotte and then we're uh this season. About the about a forty four win team is healthy. And they'll be, you know, a frisky, a pesky seventh seed, man. That's, that's, that's what I see for these guys. Because they don't have, one, they don't, it's two things. One, they don't have a truly just straight-up elite player, right? Like, if right. you just say, this guy is elite or even close to it. Two, their pieces don't fit in such a way yeah. that it didn't matter the way say the Hawks exactly. were a few years ago, right? If your pieces fit in such a way that everything is able to 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 meld in a way where you're better than the sum of your parts, then you can overcome that. But their pieces are kinda clunky right now. So
0: exactly. yeah, I, I
1: think I, you know, I out of respect the spa, I think they'll be able to put together a a a, a better than much better than average defense, um not sure how they're gonna squeak out offense yet. I don't know. I guess I you know, that's that's why they play the games, I guess that's they would say. Um, but um, yeah, I I just not seeing them as a really upper crust Eastern Conference team.
0: No doubt, man. I think I think they missed the playoffs. I think this could be there to miss the playoffs. And uh I mean supposed probably gonna prove me wrong, but I just I just don't see it, man. Especially once once the league gets a tape on them. So uh let's stay in Florida. Uh Oh, I think we just dropped our call. I hope my man calls right back in because this this is rolling right now. Um, yeah, dropped the call. It's, it happens. So, Big Waz gonna call right back in, and we'll get right back on the show. I'm gonna go to the riff here because next we're going on to Orlando. Um, another year, another upheaval. I, I don't get what's going on in Orlando. Uh, they they did well to bring in. They had Oladipo. Um, you know they had. Uh, they had tobias harris they had you know young talent all up and down the roster and then it became a playoff push and i don't you can't skip steps when you're rebuilding you can't you can't just say hey we got young talent the guys don't even know how to play yet and hey we're trying to we're gonna make the playoffs right now that's it's not everyone can't do that you know what i'm saying so we, we got we got big wads coming back on the air I tell you, man, technology is trying to keep us down today, man. yeah. Technology is trying to keep us down today, man. We're not gonna let it happen. We're not <laughs> nah, gonna let it we're happen. Not
1: let we're not gonna let them. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's they, no, they they don't want to see us succeed today, man. Uh, like I said, we're staying in. We, I just, I just intro a little bit with the magic as I, I, I was tap dancing, waiting for you to call back. Um, Orlando, man, uh, they shifted gears yet again. Uh, it's yeah. crazy that they just they just shipped out like you had Tobias Harris, they re signed him last summer, moved him halfway through the season. You drafted Victor Oladipo, who I think at sometimes looked like one of the best players in his draft. You move him out for Serge Ibaka. They let Mo Harkless go for nothing. Um, and when they got they moved Tobias for what uh, Sov and Brandon Jennings, both those guys gone. The playoffs so badly. Um, what do you think about the path that Rob Hennigan's taking down there? What do you think about how how they're operating?
1: It's you know it's a mess. Honestly, there's, there's no there's no other way to put it. It just doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to a lot of these moves, right? You go out, you go out, and you get Sergi Baca, You have um uh, already yep, on big... the roster. You go out and sign Bismarck Diambo
0: for back's money. Yeah,
1: Jeff, you bring in Jeff Green. You already have um, one of my favorite players, um, uh, sorry, the kid from Arizona. Um, oh, Aaron Gordon. Wh- why am I drawn to? Yeah, Aaron Gordon. Aaron- um, it, it's, it's just a weird – the, the the front court rotation is just – I'm looking at it and my head hurts. I just – I don't understand. Like, I, I could – like, okay, a rotation, a, a front court rotation of Ibaka, Biambo, and aaron gordon that three-man front court rotation is actually a nice a pretty nice way to start what are you doing with Vujicic? yes Vujicic, excuse me i keep calling him yeah, Vujicic. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what are you doing with that he seems to be the odd man out to me
0: yeah i call him vucci man and, and i i've been on i've been on the wave where i think they probably should look to move him i said it before they even got Serge and Biombo. For the simple fact that uh, it's like you said, he's almost like a, a square peg in a round hole.
1: And if and if, and if we're talking about the modern NBA, I've heard whispers about Aaron Gordon at the three. Uh, Aaron Gordon being the ball handler in pick and roll situations. I, I mean, what are we, what are we talking about? Here? You know, maybe Especially- he's going to flash some. You know, playmaking ability, ball handling, shooting—that I—that I've, I've yet to see from him. But it seems awkward, man. I, I, I'm not sure what they're doing, there.
0: Especially when, like last year, and and they, they got they got a, a pass first point guard now for Payton. And then last year, we saw that Evan Fournier can do a lot of playmaking too. And they just gave him 85 mil. It is I, I, the one word that sticks out to me is desperation. And I, I wonder if ownership ownership seems so hell-bent on making the playoffs because like we owe it to the fans but after what we just saw in philly philly fans will stay loyal because they their ownership had a plan and they stuck to it and the plan was for long-term success and yeah if if philly looked i mean that's an extreme situation you don't want that right but there's no need to rush and say we got to make the playoffs just to make the playoffs to be a first round out and then be a mediocre team for the next five years
1: and i've been a vocal opponent of the process i you know, I've I've you know made my opinion known many times that I thought how they went about doing it was annoying for somebody who actually likes watching competent basketball. But at the same time, if you watch what Orlando did, like Orlando was the is the argument for the process, right? Yes, like they they never tried to bottom out; they just straight up said. We're going to play our, we're going to go into every season. We're going to play how we play. We're not going to bottom out. And we're going to do it Wherever we fall in the draft is where we fall in the draft. And we're going to try to take the best available guy and construct a roster. But there's kind of the argument for, man, they, if you look at their roster, they haven't been to the playoffs in how long. They don't have a, a centerpiece at the moment. You know, over Debo was seen as their centerpiece for a few years, and they shipped him out. You know, so this is the this is the argument for why Sam Hinkie is is the, the genius that some people on basketball Twitter would have you believe he is. So, you know, Alfred Payton, he like what are they doing with him? I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of this kid. Um, he plays hard, God bless him, but the the, the shoot the non shooting ability. Seem to me the, like, something that yes. would always be a hindrance, especially, you know, what people, the, 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 what people fail to realize is not that you can't shoot. Um, not being able to shoot is never the end of the world. It's that you're also not finishing at the basket. Yes. Like, a, a guy like D-Wade, who we spent the last segment um, talking about extensively, he never had a jump shot ever. But he was so elite at getting to the basket, finishing, and or drawing a foul that mitigated his, his his um not his ability his his, his shooting ability or his non-shooting ability. Um, if you right. have it, Alfred, he could never finish at the basket. You know, same thing with a guy like Ricky Rubio. You know, back in the days, people would compare these guys to Jason Kidd, but Jason Kidd was elite at the basket. That guy yep. would get to the rim, and he was finish consistently post up um, all that. Uh, yep. All of that. Alfred, he never really had those components in his game. And so that was made worse by his, you know, his, 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 his terrible shooting. Man, I'm a I'm... guy who likes his own, his own. I like his, I like his potential. Um, yep. I, you know, he's actually somebody who's on this team who could actually put the ball in the hoop from deep, which is a rare thing on this roster. Um, you know they brought in Frank Vogel, who I'm a big fan of, but he he doesn't have a reputation for being able to goose offense out of nothing. You know he's man, not a good Carlisle type or a D'Antoni type. I don't know where you how you're going to goose off out of this thing.
0: That, that's exactly where I am with them, man. It's like I think defensively, like they they might not be an elite defensive team. You got Serge baca and Biombo and Aaron Gordon, and you you can pull all three in the court at the same time. Teams might just right. not score. For five six minutes right. of time, but Absolutely. then you might you you might score two points, and that's that's right. where the question is going to come. Um, and I feel a little bit like uh, about Vogel, like I feel about um, my man Tibbs going to Minnesota. Sure, he's he's shown he could make the best out of what he got and do very well, but can he teach? Can he raise these young kids up? And we don't know that yet. And so be- between Fournier, uh, Hizonga, and and Elton Elton Payton, it's such a Peyton, I'm with you, man. It's like it's like Rondo. If you can't score and you're not a threat, you can't really stay on the court on, for a quality team. It's I, that's just that's just what it is. How does this backup stack up to the rest of the East, man? They got Beal and Wall in Washington. Uh, Kemba's doing his thing in, with, with Charlotte. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, and whoever you put beside him is gonna going kill in Cleveland. Where, where, where does this one? Where does this rank? Where does this rank in the East? We think.
1: I mean, at this point it's gotta be close to the bottom, right? That's it, it. Fournier is kinda of, kinda of proven himself last season as a guy who he he can handle it. He he can make plays out of pick and roll. Um he's not terrible at drawing contact and drawing fouls. Like he's shown himself to be a, a more than capable offensive guy, primary ball handler guy, which is fine. But alfred is you know is alfred and his is still improving so their backcourt situation is pretty much a mess right now you know
0: That's um, the- no it's all good
1: i'm at the um freaking i'm at the freaking
0: daycare it, ain't no problem man <laughs> We will overcome, man. We will overcome. So yeah. I guess so. We got a mismatch roster. Yeah. Uh, we got we got two great defensive uh, big men. Not a lot of shooting. Where do we see them finishing this year? Well, give me a, give me a prediction. I mean, how many wins? How many wins for? All right, let me ask you. Over under thirty six wins. And what you got?
1: Whew. I was i I was about to say thirty five wins for these dudes. Thirty five wins. <laughs> And 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 to so, me, that's even a generous e- estimate. And and you know what? This might be a team where a a a a, a front court injury actually unlocks some things for them, to where they could have some lineup clarity. You know, because think- th- at this at this point, you kind of have to play all of these guys, and one of them is going to be the odd man out, unless you just feel like you can do the three man. Uh, power forward center thing with 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 uh Vucevic, um, Biombo and, and Serge, and you just have uh Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon as your permanent three. Just, uh, I don't understand these lineups.
0: I, I don't get it, man. <laughs> hey, Jeff, Jeff Green's such a waste, man. That, I, I, I get it. Yeah, hey, people are like, oh, it's only one year, it doesn't hurt anything. Yes, it does because he's Jeff Green, which is he looks <laughs> like a basketball player. He walks like a basketball player, talk like, but he's not a good basketball player, right? I mean, you gave him $15 million, he's going to take minutes from somebody who needs minutes, and he's going to be a net zero on the floor, maybe a negative. So I just I, – yeah, I don't see them making playoffs again, man. And it, I feel bad for Orlando fans because I, I love Depot. I think Depot's going to show out with Russ in OKC. Uh, I think he just needed, you know, a little more space, opportunity, and some good coaching. I think is going to show – I don't know. I think Tobias is going to show out in, in Detroit this year too, so – uh, let's move up south. Let's move up north a little bit, man. We're going to go to Atlanta. Uh, uh, so we're both in agreement, though. Atlanta's not making the playoffs this year. About mid-30s, yeah, I'm right? Not Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, mid-30s. Yeah, I'm giving 35 wins. And that's a generous estimate. Please. That is.
0: I think so. All right. So um check this out. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, 60 wins two years ago, number one seed. Uh Last year, people said they, they were just as good, uh, even though the record didn't show it. But then same results. For you know, get that blown out by by the Cavs sweep. Uh, I think they they I don't think they did Horford right. We were talking about Miami and 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 Wade. I don't think they treated Horford right in his negotiations, and that kind of led to him probably making a decision to join Boston. You know, there was talk last that wanted him and Dwight. uh Did they do enough to reverse the trend? They got Dwight Howard in. They traded uh they traded Teague for, and now we're gonna we're gonna give uh, Dennis Schroder the 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 reins. They brought in some – they got some good – I think this, some good forwards in the draft. I like Bembry, uh, and I like Tarion Prince. But did they do enough to, to, to actually win a game against Cleveland this year?
1: I would have to say no, man. You know, and, and the thing is I'm actually a Dwight guy. I'm a Dwight apologist. I think I – think and a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted with with how he's handled himself in the media but i think a, a lot of this stuff about the personal the ways people feel about Dwight personally kind of mm-hmm. take away from his actual ability on the court you know 100 and and last year i think his defense suffered and i remember sergi baca talked about this a little bit um after okc they went on a little streak and and people as they said sir you look reinvigorated he said look i'm a human being man like i like to touch the ball i like anybody else it's hard it's hard to get motivated to give you everything on defense when you're not touching the ball offensively you know and right. if you feel like you're in a situation where it's hopeless and you're playing with god who so you view as selfish your defense is inevitably gonna suffer. And I think Dwight is gonna he's gonna um rebound this year on the defensive end. He's gonna be a, a a a more than plus defender on that and he's gonna help them with rebounding. Um I, I I'm not I, I don't love the fit with with Millsap. But I don't hate it. At the same time, you know, even though Bill Staff isn't a knockdown guy from outside, and Dwight obviously he needs to be close to the basket pretty much at all times. Even though I saw right. a video of him on Twitter yesterday uh, draining 16 <laughs> footers, um, you, you know. Uh, hey, real quick, did, I, you, did
0: you did you quick, Did you hear what Dwight said about that? Dwight said, "I've been shooting jump shots, and I hit I hit all I my free throws and jumpers in practice." I and, well, and he said. I believe. It. And he said. He said, I'm so worried about messing up, I don't do them in games. I believe him. That's that's nuts to me.
1: I believe him. I think we, sorry. I think we underrate uh I think we underrate confidence, right? There's something to. Yep. there's something to taking a shot and you knowing that everybody else is fine with it, whether it goes in right. or not. That pressure of if you take this, you better make it. I think that, you know, certain guys just don't care, right? It's like, I'm going to shoot this no matter what. It's the, the Antoine Walker sort of thing where it's like, I'm taking this shot. And that of of are going to go in. Right. Inevitably, some of them are going to go in and I'll be justified for taking them. I believe it. I believe that he, that he makes his free throws in practice. By all accounts, everybody who's ever been around guys like him, guys like Shaq, guys like DJ say they make their shots in practice. It's in the game there's some kind of mental block that just you know, everything just goes haywire. They think too much. They really just care yep. too much about making these shots. So exactly. I believe to when he says that he's been shooting. He's been had a nice touch. If you remember um if you remember when he first came into the league, the expectation was that eventually he would develop a, a jump shot. Yep. You know, I, yep, I remember mate. people were kind of uh, uh, comparing his game to a Tim Duncan type. <laughs> you know, the expectation was that he he could he had a little bit of touch and that he would eventually be able to take his game out to 15 feet. So, you know, it's not surprising to me that he he over the years this is something that he's worked on and that he's actually pretty decent at. But, uh, yeah, going back to the sit with Millsap, I don't love it, but Millsap is an incredible defender. I don't think he, he gets the love that he deserves on that end. He's incredible at his defensive versatility as far as guarding bigs, guarding wings, you know, being able to switch out. Um, even sometimes, even uh, meeting guys at the rim, a little bit of rim protection. Yep. Um, he has a, re- he's a really high IQ guy offensively, and I think that's what you need. When you have two guys who don't fit, where they fit awkwardly, if if one right. of those guys is really high IQ, he's good at cutting. He, he um, he'll figure out how to offensive rebound. Um, I think you can make some of those things work, particularly in the regular season when half of your games are against teams like, you know, uh, the New York Knickerbockers. You know, <laughs> well, not the, maybe not the Knicks this maybe not the Knicks this year, but you know what uh, I mean. too late.
0: Too late I'm gonna. Everybody heard what he said, right? He's calling, he's calling the Knicks a pushover in 2016, 2017. That's that's at Big WOS. Make sure you get out about that. But uh, I I actually think I think Millsap and Dwight Howard actually going to because we've seen Millsap can put on the floor face up, and you know we're gonna he's gonna let Dwight run the pick and rolls. Dwight, you know, live around the rim, and like you said, defensively, I think they're going to they're be a stonewall. wall. Um, it's going to take a time, and, and like you, say, they got to get Dwight involved. Uh, Serge did hit. Serge said it too, and Serge surge exaggerated, exaggerated. I think this was this was my first sign that he was out of OKC when he was like, "Yeah, it sucks when you go ten minutes without touching the ball." I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's true. I, hey, that team was very Russ and KD centric, and he he just he wanted more touches. He's gonna have a resurgent year in Orlando too, I think. But uh, I, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think Dwight Dwight's gonna surprise a lot of people, and and like you said earlier, as you said earlier, a lot of people look at Dwight as a clown and all that, so they let that bleed over and how they get, how they rate his game or because originally his it was, you know, this guy can be an all-time great Shaq-like player, then all of a sudden they see 21 and, and 13. And that's not enough. So, By the I, way, I, that's it's, not it's, something to sneeze at. <laughs> it's not. That's my whole point, right? That's crazy. It's like the, the, dude, the dude has been legitimately what I think, uh, you know, a handful of defensive player of the years, uh, rebounding. He the, the dude can just flat out, I mean, he made life me, hell for people. To it.
1: me, Dwight Howard is the best defensive player of his era.
0: I would go. I would agree with you on that. I, I, I would agree with you on that. And the fact that people even try to say he's not a Hall of Famer because he's a clown, he smiles too much, that's that's foolishness. Uh, we ben, talked a little bit about, about
1: top five defenses in Orlando with the likes of Heathen Turkagrew and Rashard Lewis around this guy and Jameer, and, like, and Jameer Nelson. Guy, yeah. This guy was anchoring top five defenses pretty much by himself. But whatever, that's he
0: was just basically not the white he, soapbox, he, he was nah <laughs> you you have I'm, I'm with you on the soapbox, bro because he was basically the only like plus defender they had and and him and Stan Van Gundy made uh, made lock tight defenses, um, so Jeff Teague I, I was never a huge Jeff Teague fan but I knew what he meant he was so quick I knew what he meant for Atlanta, uh, last season for whatever reason he didn't seem all the way there mentally and they moved him out uh Dennis Schroeder's taken over, and they brought in my man um man what's my man's name I forgot my man's name right now the uh, backup point guard, Delaney. They brought yeah. Delaney from overseas. Um, I sent you a video. I hope that, uh, you might, have, you probably already knew about him. My man can really score and shoot, so now they're going to go with Dennis Schroeder. Do you think, from what you saw of Dennis Schroeder, he showed out in the playoffs, is he ready for starters' responsibilities? Can you
1: oh, – what, what do you think he's going gonna- to – Look, I was one of those people that watched Schroeder in Eurobasket last summer. Okay. absolutely – dominated people, like, he was dominant, okay? And I, had, I have a lot of – I have an affinity for guys who can get to the basket at will. Schroeder does have that type of ability. And his jump shot, you know, quite as kept, isn't terrible. It's just his IQ slash decision-making just isn't there. And I think by this point, if you haven't shown that you are a high IQ guy um, you know, you see the opening, you get to the opening, you see the man, you get the ball there. He hasn't shown to be that, when to take the shot, when not to. He just hasn't proven it in, by now. And I don't know that it's something you could count on. But at the same time, he's never been given the keys to the offense. So I can understand why Atlanta would be like, you know what, we're going to fully invest in this kid and we're going to see what we got here. I just don't think in the minutes that he has played, whether it be both regular season and playoffs, he's shown to shown himself to be a guy um, that can be an above average NBA starter. See, this is my is thing. This my thing. that he a top fifteen point guard in the NBA?
0: Uh, who? I think he. Dennis I think Scholes. he can get there. I think he can mm. get there because the physical tools are there. And you're right. I don't think he's a natural, what they call a quote unquote, natural point guard, where, you know, he's a pass first guy. It, it just doesn't come naturally to him, but he can learn. Uh, I think we saw we saw Westbrook learn he, Westbrook learned to the point where, sure, yeah, he has way, way, he has way more physical tools. But we see he's, he's thinking the game a lot more than he was two, three years ago. So I think I think he I think he can get up there. If we're talking about top 15. So that's like the, the back end. That's what the Reggie Jackson's the um who else sure. maybe the goron you think he goron, can get to think, be as
1: good as reggie jackson and um
0: uh, i oh, think he no. can get in that in that conversation while he might not be the mental side of it might not be as good i think he has more physical tools than maybe goron he's right there with reggie jackson the kids the kids quick he's he got the long arms i i I M- love, his, uh, I love
1: his physical tools. I love his tools. Yeah. I love his nose for wanting to attack guys. I love that about him. But there's just a certain, um, I don't know how you would explain it. But the just the intangibles of being a lead guard that a guy like Goran or a guy like Reggie Jackson, like they have a certain, they have a good idea of what exactly it is they're supposed to be doing in a given situation. With Schroeder, I don't know that he has that, man. I don't know. I'm looking forward and to – right. we're going re, to revisit
0: this. We're going to revisit it. I'm looking yes. forward to bringing this one back up at the end of the year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, all right, so 48 wins last year for them. Uh, What, what do you think this year? Uh, I, I'm going to – I'll go first with this one. I'm seeing 40 – 45 wins still solidly in the playoffs. I think defensively they're going to be really, really good. Uh, but I worry, again – that offense is so dependent on everyone else. I think Coach Buzzman have to shift his offense a little bit, and and that whole you know ball sharing, everyone everyone gets a chance thing has to go, and they might have to be a little more traditional, inside out, uh, you know where they run the pick and rolls with Dwight, the four out kind of thing. So uh, I'm saying 45 wins, and and a and a play, and you know maybe right in the mix again with the Pacers and the Celtics, a little less a step below the Celtics, and uh, nowhere near Cleveland, of course.
1: Um, uh, I probably think, you know what I think they could win close to the fifty games, and and okay. that's not and that's not an indication of how good I think they will be. You know, postseason, post regular season, but in the regular season, I think people just un always underestimate how important it is to have a system one, you know, and playing hard. <laughs> I think those are the two most underrated parts of the regular season and why you can watch like you know you know how we'll watch San Antonio sit four their starters and then they'll just be the team. One is right. because they're going like they they always play hard and they they're so system oriented. They they know what they're doing night to night. You know what I'm saying? So I think right. Atlanta has that. They have a sort of organization to them that benefits you in the regular season We're a team like Sacramento, right? Because of their lack of right, system yeah. and their lack of organization, they lose more games than they're supposed to. You know yep. what I'm saying? So they're going to play above what their talent is off for of sheer effort and organization, in my opinion. But I don't think in the postseason they'll be better than a team like, say, um... A team like say uh, Boston or Charlotte or even Miami for that matter, but in the regular season because oh. they've already they already know what they want to do. Um, I think they'll be able to to you know get close to fifty wins, man.
0: Okay, all right, so yeah, I got him at forty five. I'm fifty. We we both agree they're in the play the playoffs. I think this next yeah. one, the first one, the first one we're not going to agree on is Charlotte, um, because shh, look. Charlotte lost like 30 points, uh, 12, 15 rebounds, and like six assists. A night when when Lynn, uh, Jeremy Lynn, Courtney Lee, and, and and Al Jefferson left, they replaced them with uh Roy Hibbert and like uh Marco Bellinelli. Uh, yeah, they're gonna get MKG back. That's uh, uh Michael Kidd G- Gilchrist, a great defender. And I know that Kemba Walker had a great season and, and might even take another step forward this year. They got the, the big guy Frank the Tank, uh, Frank Kaminsky. It's supposed to, you know, he, he was a top ten pick, so he should be should be worth something next year. I think Charlotte took a big step back. um Last four years, they've actually alternated. They missed the playoffs and made the playoffs on the first round. Last year, they made it. So by that pattern, this year they're going to miss the playoffs. What's your? You we spoke earlier and you said that you know right. You said Miami uh might be there with Charlotte. You know at the at the at the bottom end of the at the playoff spectrum. What you what do you think? I guess you got him in.
1: Yeah, they're in the playoffs and, and you know a lot of it a lot of it to me is as a that like they, they still have their core together and they went to the playoffs last year, battle tested. These guys kind of have a, a, an idea about what it takes to get it done. And I know that sounds cliche, but I think it matters in a regular season. I think that sort of know-how wins you gain right? And I think they view themselves as a team who's probably in the playoffs. Also, you know, I think Kid Gilchrist, man, because of the injury luck, because he's not a shooter, and because, you know, the, in the modern NBA and on basketball Twitter, we kind of snicker at guys who can't shoot. I think we understand what this guy brings to a team, especially on the defensive end. He's a human He's a human walking average defense by himself, in my opinion, and he's one of the rare guys who can do that on the wings because of how he can affect both, you know, on the ball, off the ball. He can guard whoever you want him to on the wing and guard them extremely effectively. And a lot of people don't know this. He played um, – when he played high school with Kyrie Irving um, in New Jersey at, um, at St. Pac's, and Kit Gilchrist was the best player on that team, you know. people were. Okay. Yeah, he was the best player on that team, man. He has all the intangibles. People, you know, he hasn't been able to show it because he's been so injury-prone. But this guy, he's a winner, and I hate using that term, trust me. But it actually applies to this kid. And I think he's going to come back. He's going to come back with something to improve, And he's going to, you know, add to what they do this year. Um. You know, Bellinelli.
0: <laughs> you can't really just
1: slot that guy in for what Courtney Lee does. Theoretically, right? He's probably a better shooter. Um, he is probably a better ball handler too. But he's just a vastly worse defender. You know, he's, you. Just, he's just <laughs> he's just nowhere near as good as on defense. Ramon Sessions is obviously a downgrade from Jeremy Lin. Oh, and I don't think they're you know,
0: gonna miss big out much at all, honestly. I, I, you know what? You're not the only person, you're not the only person to say that. You're not the only person to say that, man. But hey, four, 14, 14 and like seven, eight off the bench. Or I mean in, in, in a limited role as four, it's fourteen and seven. And it's crazy how you know Twitter's so hilarious to me because there was there was people telling me that Ramon Sessions was at, at least as good, if not better, than Jeremy Lynn. And I'm like, what basketball, <laughs> what basketball do you watch if you're putting Ramon Sessions in the same league as Jeremy Lynn, man? Uh Lynn was actually uh, great gotta for them gotta last
1: understand, year. People gotta understand that Jeremy Lynn actually has an NBA skill that is like, like like you know, there are people who are elite rebounders like Jeremy Lynn gets through the basket and gets fouled consistently. Yes. That is an NBA yes. skill. Ramon Sessions, there's nothing Ramon Sessions does as well as Jeremy Lin does that. So Thank you. for that alone, I'm like, these two guys, they're not comparable. Jeremy Lin is just a much, much better player than Ramon Sessions because he has, a, you know, a distinct NBA skill. And he's, you know, Man. he's a starting caliber player, Jeremy Lin. And they're, they're he is a, he's a board starter, yeah. But guess what, though? He wasn't a starter in Charlotte. exactly so i think his i think losing him is mitigated by the fact that he wasn't being used fully anyway so you're not losing as much you weren't dependent upon him for so much Uh, last year i think Sessions slots in better as a backup anyway
0: you know i was see i'm gonna disagree there because a lot of times to end games it was lynn and lynn and kemba in running the dual point guard role and he was playing off ball or he was even attacking the split. And ro- he was attacking in the pick and roll and letting Campbell, Campbell work and do his thing. So it's going to be interesting to see, man. That that That's my big thing. They lost, I think, Uh, you know, not you per se, but I think a lot of people are underrating. Well, I'm going to say you and Big Al. I think some of you are underrating yeah, how much big they Al, lost. Yeah,
1: I'm good on Big Al. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's their best case scenario? What's the, What's their, their their absolute ceiling? Kemba plays and makes another leap. Uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist played seventy-five games. It's Hey, like I'm a Cody Frank- Zeller
1: fan, by the way. I'm a- oh, I'm all right. Kid. I like Cody Zeller. Yeah. He's active. I like his activity, his motor. I like him. Okay. And, and, and guess you know, and and that's both on offense and defense. You know his ability to dive on pick and rolls. He's not afraid to get his nose, um, dirty in there. You know, I I like his activity a lot.
0: It, it, that means oh, a lot. It does, and he's gonna bring something good to the team. But I just don't know if that's. I, I think they might have lost more than they gained. And let's see, yeah, let's hear. What you think? What's the absolute ceiling?
1: Ceiling? I think it's fifty wins. I think they should win fifty games. They won forty wow. four last season. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, right? Why can't I'm they take a look? The, why can't they go wow. out and win fifty games this year?
0: Why not? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got him at about you know maybe thirty eight, thirty nine. I just, 30, I, I, think
1: thirty nine. Nah. They, oh yeah, on. they missed.
0: Yeah, they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. They're gonna miss the playoffs this year.
1: Woo, I think so. No, they're not missing the playoffs, man. And 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 I'm I, a big Steve Clifford fan. That guy gets it.
0: He, he does. I, I give him that
1: basketball My, wise.
0: My thing with them is uh is I think the Wizards are gonna make a, a bump and get back to where they were supposed to be last year. Um, and I, I just think they don't they won't have enough. I think I think they're gonna have problems scoring. Um, I know it was Batum is awesome. Marvin uh Marvin Williams has, has proven himself to be a great stretch for. I just don't know if Kemba is that guy to lead them as far as they want to go. So hmm. sorry, Charlotte fans. Sorry, Charlotte fans. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a believer in you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, oh wow. You know what, man? Last year they they won forty eight. Last year. So there you yeah, go.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna put suit, them out. Man, of the playoffs.
0: I don't know, man. I just. All right, all right. So last last one. Um, because again, I think I think the teams. I think Washington and I think Milwaukee's gonna come up this year too. So I think they might be one of the teams to fall out. We're gonna talk about you the think Wizards. Milwaukee's um,
1: gonna make a leap? Okay.
0: Um, right. I, I, my. Only Problem with Milwaukee is because I think I love Giannis. I love uh, I love our boy Jabari Parker. I don't like the me Delhi signing for them. But that's 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 another. You, yeah, you don't I, like it either. Don't yeah. worry,
1: I've, I've noticed I've noticed your tweets.
0: I can't stand them, dude. I can't stand it.
1: I, <laughs> look, I started off as a Deli Like, are you kidding me with this guy? But I came around to him to 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 the point where there was moments last season when I thought he should be starting. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs>
0: come on, doesnt
1: no, next to LeBron, right? Sometimes somebody like Kyrie or d Wade, you know, they're they're, they're what they bring to the table can become redundant because LeBron is so do, ball dominant, but at least okay. Kyrie needs to shoot, you know, but the I problem, dig you know and to me, it's like ideally, you just have a bunch of shooters and lockdown defenders next to LeBron, right, that's And he true. just do everything else. But you do need. Some ball handling, and you know LeBron needs to take a rest. But I think Delhi, he's he's a good defender. He can make open shots, although it takes him forever to get them off. <laughs> and um, he's uh, not terrible. He's although he's kind of predictable in the pick and roll, meaning he, he's even going to throw a lot more floater. <laughs> that's it. That's it. People <laughs> fall for it consistently, though.
0: Every time, <laughs> dog. Yo, so I didn't mean to turn this into a I hate deadly segment, but my thing is, like, he was a – I'm not a huge advanced stat person, but they do tell stuff. He was the net negative in, like, box score plus minus. Value of replacement player was, like, nothing. I get it with LeBron. He was able to do that in small doses, right? You had him five, six minutes at a spurt. Right, with LeBron James, best player on the planet. Giannis Alphabet is is a very nice young player. He's not LeBron James So this whole right. thing about Janice run the point and now we're gonna he's gonna he's gonna play like he did with LeBron Well, this dude is not LeBron. So we're gonna revisit yeah. that one, too
1: Yeah, I don't know about that Um, you okay, know, that's, and that's right I was there, actually yeah. a, I was actually a big proponent of Jason kids and I like what Jason Kidd was doing You know, we getting off topic here, but I like I liked letting Giannis run the point because it's important for a player like Giannis to understand the threat of the pass. Meaning that threat sets up your ability to score. You know, a lot of times people are like, Oh, I don't pass the ball, I get buckets. It's like you're making your life easier when there is when you're not predictable. You know. Right. When you, Jason Kidd teaching this guy the value of the threat of passing. To me, is gonna is gonna pay dividends down the road for him.
0: Where yeah, he I understands agree. I...
1: And the value of playmaking is not that he's going to become LeBron James level. I can just be a full time primary ball handler. No, but you know, teaching a kid, you know, the nuances of the game, man, and, and thinking it on, on on different levels. I think that's important.
0: I I agree and I don't I like the I like the experiment. I don't like the fact that they picked Delhi as his running mate. And what well, part of it is because I just hate Delhi. But part of it, I don't think I, I don't think Dele is as good as LeBron and the Cavs made him seem and it's gonna be kind of exposed mm. him this year a little bit. So, so you um think yeah, look. Like a booby
1: gibson situation.
0: <laughs> I do, I do think that. I think that <laughs> I think once he's outside of out of outside of the conf- the confines of, of LeBron James's sphere of influence, we're gonna see how bum- what a bum he is. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> so by so, the man, way, I want to tell everybody out there that they this hate, like I don't have scares this hate for Delhi, not anymore anyway, but it just warms my soul. I love it. <laughs> uh, I love Him it. and
0: Evan Turner, dog. <laughs> him and Evan Turner can burn to hell for all I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah, Evan Turner. I'm good on him too. Yeah, bums, man. All right, all right. So LeBron James, hands down, best player in the league. We we were discussing this a couple times on Twitter. Best second best player in the East. I think it's Paul George. Somebody might argue John Wall. Do you think John Wall has a case? Where, where do you see John Wall um, and this last season actually change your point of view? It does for me. I love John Wall, and I had him as a top, you know, top four or five point guard and great. And he is—he's a good player. But last season, the inability to take that almost the same team uh, back to the playoffs—it it, kind of, like you were saying, we said earlier, the the inability to shoot. And space the floor even though john wall can get to the rim and score when he wants to we already know that he's one of the fastest playing league but something about him that next level point guard has to be a, 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 be a more of a scoring threat and i don't know if he's on that level even though we've seen him be great with the right pieces around him it seems like he needs a very specific team around him or else you know we're gonna see what we saw last season what's your take on wall
1: um. Okay. So I, I like these conversations because this there's two ways of thinking for me. Um. Sometimes you can think about a player in a vacuum, right? And I was talking to my right. man Ethan Show with Strauss. Shout out to him. We were arguing by a text whether Steph Curry is a better player than KD, and whether I would have said oh. that before the playoffs, right? And I was right. like, in a vacuum. Kevin Durant is a better player than Steph Curry, period. Full stop, dunzo. Meaning, you know, sometimes these things are context-specific. Steph plays on a team. He plays with a guy like Draymond. You know, if you're two bigs of Serge Ibaka and Stephen Adams, uh, blitzing Steph on a pick-and-roll actually works all the time. Because it does. when, when Sergey Baco or Steven Adams get the ball at the top of the key and they got a playmate, that's not the same threat as Draymond Green. So teams that that now gets taken out of the arsenal of a defense now that he gets to play with Draymond Green. And so now all these other things, all these other dominoes begin to fall and things get to be unlocked to where he's able to put, put the output out there that would allow him to be the best player in the NBA right and that's right. that's what I mean by context context specific you can't throw him on the Knicks and and expect him to put the exact same output out it's right. not going to happen like these things don't happen in a vacuum there's context to all of these stats that's that's my thing with all event stats a lot of times people just look at an advanced stat and they don't think about the ecosystem within which those stats grew out of. My you man. have to consider those things when you talk about any advanced stat. And so, in a vacuum, do I think John Wall is better than Paul George? Ah, I, I think it's really close. Because I'm really Whoa. bullish on Paul George. I think it's really okay. close, honestly. I do. And that's because... You know, last year I think was a down year, but I think their team, one is coaches off. Okay. they uh, Randy Whitman is a bad coach.
0: He was. Look at that. My man got mid-rant. He got so high that dropped the call. Um, he's going to call right back again. And he's absolutely right. Everything is contest dependent, man. It's like, uh, and he's right. You can't just take Steph and, and put him in the Knicks and think he's going to put up 30 and, 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 and 30 and seven and, and hit all Sorry. these, you know, shoot 45% of three. Uh, Cause Steph couldn't do that in, in the Knicks. I was just, I was keeping it rolling. I was doing my, my banter while he was gone, but um, I hope it didn't kill your rant, man. Now, you, you, were, no, go ahead. no, no,
1: no. The, the take was so scorching that, that the watch box is like, <laughs> no, we can't handle it. Um, no, but what I was going to say was, you know, last year the, the, uh, the one Randy Whitman I'm not a fan is, and I'm not one of these coach-killer type of dudes who just thinks I know more than a coach because I, I know I don't, but I just don't think Randy Whitman is an NBA-level elite good above-average NBA-level basketball coach. I don't think so. That's he, the one. He's he not, um, right? uh, two No, he's not. Two... The, the, the injury situation was, was a business last year in, in Washington. Granted, some people would True. say, well, you probably should have did better even considering the injuries. I think the injuries had a lot to do with everything. But I think the year before, you really got to see what John Wall d- brings to a team, man. Like this guy is able to generate so many open threes. And in the playoffs, you could see – when I, when I was talking about with Giannis, you know, that threat of the past, John Wall was using the threat of his past to score in the playoffs right. the season before last. You were able to see the full John Wall repertoire. And what I don't think it's mentioned nearly enough is this man's defense. He actually tries hard on defense and is really good at it. He's not like Rush who we know is athletic. We know who, if he put his mind to it, he'd be an amazing defender where he's like, I don't even know if we could call him average on defense. John Wall is probably the best point guard defender we have in the NBA. And not to mention, he'll he'll even go meet guys at the rim, okay? He's doing that. He does the back in the days when D. Wade used to be uh, 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 a pseudo rim protector at the guard position. John Wall gives you a little bit of that too. He's not quite D Wade level, where D Wade was averaging a block a game. He was not that, right. but he has that component to his game. And so when you, you know, when you put all of that together, I could see how somebody would make the argument that he's the second best player in the conference. I would probably lean towards Paul George but i you know there's an argument to be made there i'm a big i don't know i'm a big john wall fan i'm a big fan of the guy he's one of my favorite dudes to watch man and it's unfortunate the injury situations that happened last season but i i'm a big fan of his
0: okay so i'm gonna do i'm gonna plead a a, a quick mea culpa because i'm i'm guilty of doing something i've seen other people doing i hate it we, we we do underrate how important defense is and you know for john wall the average was 17 and 9 17 and 10 and be a lockdown defender at the point it does mean it should it should it should mean a little more you're absolutely right, right. uh just just because you can't stack a, a offense on his back like a dame or like a like a steph curry and he's gonna give you 25 a night that shouldn't you're right so uh, maybe i'm a little hard on him for that um uh, I, I gotta i gotta i gotta fake I, I gotta own up to it right there um so, And we both agree Randy Whitman was not the answer. It's funny because uh, I follow a lot of Bullets bloggers, and they've been saying this for years. So even when he got his extension all that, they're like, oh, what are we doing? So th- what, yeah. is Scott Brooks, what is Scott Brooks going to bring to the table? Uh, we know Brooks is a player's coach. He did really well bringing up uh, Russ and KD and Serge, letting these guys be the best they can be. Now, the critique on him would be he didn't do enough to actually teach them like X's and O's and, and give them enough structure. How do you think he's going to fit with Washington?
1: Uh, I think he'll do fine, man. I think Scott Brooks actually is an above-average NBA coach. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and what people uh, – I think what a lot of uh, – and, and I count us amongst basketball nerds, I think what we undersell with these coaches is what they do that doesn't involve drawing up beautiful out-of-timeout plays, right? Managing personalities, getting guys to buy in, getting guys, convincing guys that they should play hard for you. You understand? Like, the, the yeah. this idea that, you, that that players are just professionals and they just show up and they just, you know, they're, they're balls to the wall no matter what. Like, the, the ability to get guys to buy in, that's why you can't undersell a guy like Doc Rivers. His ability to get players to buy in. And, and, and into what he's doing, whether he's an X and O's magician or not, his ability to manage personalities, that's key, okay? His ability that's to true. manage a locker room, that's key. Delegate responsibilities right. amongst his assistants, that's key. Like, these are things that we don't see, but these things are important as a coach. And to think that Scott Brooks could have just rolled the balls out in OKC and they would have been... Whatever they became, what they became, no matter what, is a little silly to me. I, we, under, we undersell these other things that matter as well. And I think Scott Brooks, he brings that, you know, to the team. And I think he'll do fine as far as putting together a decent enough offense. And, you know, and I got to shout out my man Amin again because he's the person that introduced this idea to me. It's like, just like players can improve, coaches can improve too. So uh, you know it, it's Scott Brooks, he, he took a year off. Um, who's to say he hasn't gotten better? He hasn't learned things. Same with Tim.
0: You know, okay, Tim and I'm gonna say. I'll,
1: I'll, yeah, go I was ahead, gonna go. say real.
0: I was gonna say real quick that like I'm, I'm completely with you on Scott Brooks. I think he kind of got a. I understand why OKC okay, so let him go, but I think he got a raw deal because they should either let him go after uh, Russ got hurt or gave him at least halfway through the season. Uh, you know, after. Uh, after KD got hurt and that that you no, know, they missed the playoffs. Because uh, like you said, it, it matters that KD and Russ both would run through a wall for him, and that they, all they, they had nothing but glowing yeah. things to say about him, their whole time with him. I've never he just he he really reached those guys. It matters that Harden turned into the player he did under him, and so yeah, sure, he wasn't a great X-Nose guy. He he's obviously he wasn't. Uh he and, and he depended maybe too much on Russ and KD. But like you said, that matters. And I just want to also say, real quick, I think Doc Rivers. For that town, yes, but you know, I think that ring got Doc a little overrated as where as I think I'm kind of seeing <laughs> now. Yeah, look, let's be real. I think he's a little bit overrated. He's had great players and like right now, now it's it's not hard to play when you got you know to win a lot of games. Well, it's also hard to win games. But when you got Chris a player like Chris Paul and Blake Riff on your team, you don't gotta yeah. be a genius like so. But I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, no, that's pretty much it, man. I you know, uh I I I don't know about Trey Burke. I'm I'm a big McHenry guy. I'm a I'm a big fan yes. of Mihini, especially on the defensive end. You know, uh-huh. he's a guy like you know. Sometimes it's like this for me. We talk about Hassan Whiteside, where he's not maximizing all of his physical gifts. McHenry is actually getting everything out of his ability on that defensive end. You know, he's taking the game on defense. Um, I'm a fan of that guy. Um. I'm glad he got the deal that he did. I think he's going to do a tremendous job um in Washington. He's going to be real sturdy for them and I'm happy yep. I'm happy they picked him up.
0: That's actually why I think they're going they're going to make uh they uh, they're elevate themselves back to the playoff contention but for the simple fact that uh, as skilled as Gortat is, we've you know, we keep saying this It sounds cliché, the modern NBA, he doesn't really fit the modern NBA because I mean he's he's kind of slow footed and he can't defend the rim. And uh, players know how to attack that kind of guy now. So Mahimney gives him rim protection. He, you know, uh, he's not a huge, you know, he doesn't have the greatest hands, but he can run the pick and roll, uh, diving down the middle. He'll draw some attention. And uh, Trey Burke is—he's a—he's he's a microwave score off the bench. And I think they're going to ask him to to you know small make his role a little smaller. And I think he'll fit right in. They're going to ask him to come in, put pressure on the defense, uh, and and he'll fit right in. He's be- he's a, he's definitely upgrade from Ramon Sessions. Um, another thing, a question we had was Markeith Morris. Uh, you know, they did I think they have in the midseason trade last year. Now with the full training camp, I think we're gonna see a, a different, a different Markef and he'll be used a little better, especially besides Mahimney. I like what they did. I like what they did there. Um, my one question I have for you is ring is the wing production, right? We know with LeBron James, it's all about trying to match some kind of wing production, either on offense or defense. They got the young boys, Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre. Uh, is that enough on the wings to 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 actually run with the big boys in the East?
1: Yeah, I mean it depends on what you get out of Bill, right? <laughs> like, um, if you're if he's hurt, no, <laughs> it's not enough. I don't that's think the you question. Can count on those, I don't think you can count on those guys for the for the amount of firepower you need from your wings without Brad Bill in the fold. You know, yes. and I like Oubre, and I, and I think Otto Porter has gotten, you know, he hasn't. He, he was the third pick in the draft. And, you know, with that comes a certain level of expectation, and he probably hasn't met them, you know, in, in the fashion that some of us would have liked. But at the end of the day, the guy, the guy plays hard. Um, he's, a, he's a decent, solid defender, you know, both yep. wing position. I, I wouldn't put him on any bigs ever. You know, I don't like him as a small ball four, but he's a he's a solid he's a solid ring defender. Um his jumper is steadily improving. He's made improvements since his rookie season. I'm I'm not mad at it, but you gotta get in. Bill has to be in it all at an all star level, man, for 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 the level of production that you're gonna get out of Ubre and Otto Porter to be okay. You know, those guys aren't gonna yeah. give you a lot. As far as offensive firepower, if, if Bill's not if Bill's not cooking, it, uh, they, they, it's slim pickings for them on the wings.
0: Man, I just, and I worry because I saw the report saying that, you know, Bill said himself, I might be on a minute, a minute restriction for like, you know, my foreseeable future. So it's not like just for the first 30 games, that he mm-hmm. might for, you know, the next three, four years, however long, so he can prove that was, his legs aren't made out of freaking macaroni. That even about men restriction restriction man. Um, so last season they won, they went five hundred, they won forty one. What do you think this year? Uh they'll
1: be over that. They're, they'll be over that. They'll be a forty seven win team. Oh, they'll be a forty seven win team. I, I I like them at forty seven. I I don't know, man. You gotta you gotta think about. You gotta account for injuries to both Dill and John Wall, man. You know, you gotta you gotta account for injuries to both of those guys. I think they're vulnerable to to an injury
0: um okay 47. And, uh, yeah
1: right. I, yeah i like them at 47 wins if they if they can have any modicum of injury luck just normal like uh feel only misses about 10 games this season i think the yeah, they'll get the 47 wins why not
0: all right hey y'all it hey,
1: was a catastrophe and they got the 40 it
0: was it was. And you know. honestly, like they stripped out they, don't forget, they stripped down the roster, you know, with the hopes of trying to run at KD this offseason, which failed miserably mm-hmm. and was kind of a silly idea <laughs> in the first place. But yeah, they, they did. They they didn't really do all they could last season because they wanted to keep cap space for this summer. Um yeah, I think they're gonna I can see 47, 48, and I think they're gonna be better than people. People are kind of wrote mm-hmm. them off already, right? Mm-hmm. I, outside out of mind. I think they're in, and like I said, I think I think your boy Charlotte are out this year.
1: What about the Knicks? You think the Knicks win the playoffs? I'm in
0: New oh, you York now, man. You try to get New me killed York right now.
1: now Let me tell you. All bro. right, Nick so Knicks fans, fans are talking about 55 wins,
0: bro. <laughs> my man, I know for a fact that Knicks. This is this is the most complimentary thing I can say. <laughs> Knicks fans, uh, Knicks fans are the most passionate fans on earth, uh, the most passionate, optimistic <laughs> on earth. So, I'm sorry, Knicks fans. I, I can see a, a nice strong start, uh, but then Rose. I'm, I'm worried about Rose's health. I don't think Rose is a good fit with with Melo and uh, and and your new boy uh, Przingis. Uh, he's a shoot-first point guard. I think he's gonna have injury issues. I think same with Brandon Jennings. But he's, you know, he's, you know, if, if his Achilles is right, he's gonna be a, an asset. I just don't see them leapfrogging the, you know, the Pistons and the Pacers and Hornets. There's only eight playoff spots, so I think the Knicks are going to be a lot better. They won 32 last year. Uh, They'll be right on the outside of the playoffs. I don't think they may. I
1: just it. want to say a quick thing about D-Rose because I actually got to get out of here. Um, yes, sir. Call him a shoot first point guard, but that was by necessity in Chicago. You know, like that's what was asked of him on the Bulls. They asked him to be their primary scorer because – at the end of the day, they didn't really have any options before Jimmy Butler became who Jimmy Butler now is. So, I, I think we I think we undersell D Rose's playmaking ability because if people remember his one year in Memphis, Karl was like, we had we had to convince this kid to shoot, okay? Like he only averaged he only averaged about fourteen points in Memphis. He he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a shoot first guy. He was a guy that wanted to get guys involved. I think D Rhodes can be a playmaking type of guy. Not to say he's gonna turn into goddamn Jason Kidd or anything. I'm just saying I think we oversell how how much of a shoot first kind of mentality the guy is because of what he was asked to do in Chicago. And I think it okay. got a little bit complicated when Jimmy Butler became who he was because Derek Rose had grown accustomed to a role there. But now that he's in a new situation and there already is a guy like Carmelo Anthony there, he can't really expect to be some primary scoring type of guy.
0: Okay, so here's my rebuttal to that, though. I I respect what you said about college, and he was a pass first, and and Calipari said, hey, we had to to make him shoot. Now, after six, seven, eight years in the league, doesn't matter what he was in college. (laughs) He is what he is now. You know, he got used to being Mm -hmm. able to take a lot of shots. Calendar the rock, that's do what true. he wanted. And, and sure, he's going to a new situation, but he he still thinks of himself as a star guy, as his comments, you know, a couple of, you know last summer when he was like, oh, I can't wait to break the bank of free agency. So he still <laughs> thinks of himself as, as an upper long player. And that's where I think, look, I mean, ego is real. And these NBA players all should have ego because they, you know, they're know they one of a handful of of elite athletes who can do what the they do.
1: percent 1% of the 1% at what they do. Like,
0: Yes, sir. And so at the same time, that could cut both ways because now when a player might need to step back and say, what what complementary role can I take? I think Rose still sees himself as I think he'll be a dominant player. So that's going to be interesting to watch the, the, the interplay between him and Melo next season and also trying to get Porzingis and shots and touches. It's going to be interesting, man, because they got a lot of gunners uh, and Potential scoring power. I just don't know if they put it all together. And honestly, it sounds mean, Knicks fans. But a lot of my my doubts is because it's the Knicks. Last few years, the <laughs> Knicks are just they
1: can't
0: they can't get out of but, their hey, own you way. You know what and I even, like
1: about you know what I like about this season If Noah that? goes down, D Rose gets hurt, the Knicks actually own their draft pick, so it, it's actually a stealth tank job too. People are underrating the ah. tank, the tank aspect of it. They, people are underselling that no one gets hurt d rose goes down i can easily see Mello doing the early vacation all right i'm taking these back and you know they get a beautiful pick out of it and they don't need to bring back d rose they don't i mean you know no one's going to be their starting center for the foreseeable future which i'm actually whatever you could actually turn him into a backup eventually um when you don't slot um poor into the Starting role, but yeah, man, I'm I'm actually I'm fine about this season for them because
0: it, either
1: way you slice it, it's, it's going to be good things for them if they if they turn into a, a solid quality team, that's great for the fans. If they don't, at least they on their picks
0: And then after the mess of last season, anything's an improvement from this year, right? I could dig that, man. Yeah, pretty hey, much. A big big wise man, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to to stop by and chop it up with us about the south Yo, the southeast no problem, like this. Man. I love to have you no, on again I during the season. Whoa, whoa. Oh my man. Yeah, um hey.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, man. I'm 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 happy to be on, man. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, this was fun.
0: My brother, man. Hey, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care of you. Take care of, man. I'm gonna holler at you.
1: All right, take care of yourself. Later. All
0: right, man. really good stuff from big waz man that was cool um he told me he had about an hour uh we ended up talking talking and we ran over and you know he he, he wasn't stressed about it at all that's cool um i appreciate what he brings to the true hoop network man because all those guys are great uh i mean uh entertaining all those guys are great and knowledgeable uh ethan sherwood strauss you know all, all those guys they're really great but sometimes it becomes uh, it's it's almost like Big Waz is, is the fans' perspective, a uh, intelligent fans' perspective, and he, he breaks it down like just like you know you or me or, or anybody else, and he it, it helps sometimes because I think sometimes uh, especially like Ethan Sherwin strauss is one of the smartest guys I I, I know and follow and a basketball, but sometimes I think they they sometimes people can parse things down a little too small and almost find an excuse or find a way to. To, to make anything sound logical. And I think big big was he he steps in. I hate do I said his name is now. Hey, I think that he uh he steps in and kind of keeps it to a uh a, a real world kind of practicality. And I appreciate that from him. So um yeah we we chopped it down man. Uh so sounds like we we'll see how do we how do we end up playing it out? Sounds like he think he's hiring the wizard she's hiring he's hiring almost everybody actually except for Orlando and I'm kind of with him. I'm not, I might i do not think Orlando or Charlotte makes the playoffs. Um, and I don't think the heat really make it either. He was he was actually saying he thought they might be. No, he agreed with me. I think he said the heat gonna miss too. Hope so. If y'all listening, y'all know what he said. I don't I don't remember. I got. It. Um, so yeah, that's it for the the Southeast. Uh we're gonna go back west next uh for the next podcast. Uh for number three. I'm not sure we're gonna have yet. Um I really wanna say a big shout out to uh where my man at? uh my man patrick uh on twitter he's uh at <clears throat> at s fam X noble that's all all together s fam X noble my man patrick man he's the one he got the sounds together for me uh for the intro music and outro and just adds a little pop you know what i'm saying makes the show sound a little more legit i appreciate him he was i was asked hey who who could you know do a little sound edit for me he was like, oh I got it you know what I'm saying my man stepped up and he dropped some some real i hope you guys enjoy it too uh we'll take requests too so patrick thanks brother uh that's uh at s fam x noble y'all see y'all adam when we talk about this too but uh big thanks to my man big was uh, uh, a lot of fun good insight and i got some more surprise guests for the next uh, next four divisions i think you guys will enjoy this so everybody uh thanks for listening i really appreciate it uh way out i'm james holis aka snotty dripping on twitter check out me and my peoples over at bballbreakdown.com and i'll holler at you guys on the on the on the flip side Um.